and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I'm joined, as always, from the beautiful city of Omaha by my grandpa, Husker Dan, from Husker Max. Uh, grandpa, how are you doing today? How's the how's the weather in Omaha? It's kind of windy here. You know, it's uh, uh, going to be like 65, something like that, sunny. So, And then it's oh, supposed to go in the tank later on in the week. So this yeah. spring and springtime in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I, I wish I had that weather because I'm supposed to go golfing today and it's like 26 mile an hour wind gusts. So that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> that'll help your tee shot if you're going <laughs> with the wind. If you're going with the wind, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and so today, well, actually, before we uh, jump into what we're going to talk about today, obviously what we're going to talk about today is the Husker Spring game, which was played yesterday, which is why we didn't have an episode out yesterday. Um, and yesterday will be Saturday, April 9th. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that, but we just want to thank you guys again for listening. Uh, I think our last episode with um, Mike Babcock actually had the most um, like downloads that we've ever had on a single episode. Wow. Uh, so thank you. Thank you guys for uh, downloading that, listening to that. Um, good to know that you enjoyed Mike. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be happy to have him on again. Um, but yeah, so thanks uh, everyone international in the United States uh, for listening. And uh, yeah, as, as we say uh, every podcast that this, this podcast is not ours. It's really yours because if you're not listening to this, we are just talking to a uh, zoom screen for no reason. And that, I mean, we could just do this over the phone with a lot less hassle. So uh, <laughs> thank you guys again for listening. And uh, yeah. And Oh, also if you have any questions for us that you want to send in, uh, about Husker football, Husker sports, really anything. I mean, just anything, basically. You can send it whatever you want. Um, it, you can send those uh, over email to wrswpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'll repeat that at the end of the show if you um, missed that. But wrswpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so, Grandpa, the spring game yesterday – White team wins at 43-39. That doesn't really matter um, because it's a spring game, so the score doesn't really matter. Also, the scoring system was a little bit weird. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But what were your overall impressions with the spring game this year? You know, going into this game, I, I had almost zero expectations. And, and the reason why, I know there were a whole bunch of players beat up, and I knew they were going to have to, for the first half, I hate to see this, but there's no tackling. So you can't tell yeah. anything. And, uh, and as, as spring games go, you don't want to show your hand. So you put in vanilla defenses, vanilla offenses. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that they, Nebraska got out of that, what it wanted. Uh, and I, I mean, it was a Husker fans, you know, 55,000 or wherever, whoever showed up for that. Yeah. They got to have a, a Husker football fix, which is great in April because it's been since November since we last played a game. Yeah, and, um, and you can't you can't dismiss that. I think that is good for the fan base, um, and we're the only game in town for the state of two million people. Yeah. Uh, so, and then it was a big recruiting uh, weekend, and and who knows what's going to happen there if they they get some of these players uh, to come on board. Um, yeah. You know, that's that then you're you don't care what the score is. You do care about that. You have a whole bunch of fans in the in the stands and it's a beautiful day. Temperatures in the mid 60s. 
And, yeah, no um, kidding. So it's, you know, again, I, I, all these, these spring games, I just, my, my expectations are not very high. So I, it, you're going to see a bit of a show and, and, and that largely happened yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think Mickey Joseph had, an, uh, he had an, uh, for a like post-practice interview something uh, a few days before the spring game, he was talking about how they're going to focus on their timing and competitiveness during the spring game. So it's not, um, I mean, I like it's a spring game, so you have to focus on something because really all a spring game is is a glorified practice. So we're going to be talking about this game the entire time, but again, we can only get so much out of it because it's not, they're not, as you said, they're putting in vanilla offenses, vanilla defenses because they don't want to show anything. Um, I think Casey Thompson showed some stuff. He looked pretty good. Uh, we can move on to him a little bit. Um, so, I mean, he, like Casey Thompson's first pass was probably his best pass of the game. I think um, where he floated it in between a linebacker and a defensive back to, I forget who the um, player was that he threw it to, or the wide receiver was that he threw it to, but um, the, he, he floated it perfectly into like a three yard window um, on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's just, that just makes me excited uh, to be, I mean, Casey Thompson wasn't in this game a lot. He only threw for 31 yards, not that many pass attempts, as you said, no tackling in that first half where he played. So I, you can't get too much of a, too much out of Casey Thompson's performance here, but the, um, I mean, the, the drive that he kind of showed. And also um, this is something that I noticed that I don't think this is my opinion. I don't think Adrian Martinez would have done some of this stuff. Maybe it's that Casey Thompson's new. Maybe he's not actually like this. I hope that he's actually like this, but he's, he was, even when he was on the sidelines for the second half, every, most of the touchdowns were scored in the um, second half because um, the, I mean, you, it was harder to score touchdowns when you are playing touch football. So, um, but he, every time that there was a touchdown for the, well, the, the red team was the offense and the white team was the defense. Right. They set this up. But every time the red team scored a touchdown, Casey Thompson is running out there to go celebrate with <laughs> all those guys. So I think that's just awesome for like team chemistry stuff. And then you get that respect as a leader on the team. So, yeah, I don't what, what were your thoughts about Casey Thompson, Grandpa? Well, I, I, I think you're spot on with that. The thing that if I had to say, uh, uh, you know, what surprised me the most and we could add that question in there. Uh, um I was, I was a bit surprised that, that uh, Casey didn't play more, but he was yeah. in there for two series and they don't want to risk hurting him in a mean, meaningless game. I get yep. that. The other thing that I was surprised at that Brock Purdy was able to play. I mean, Chubba, Chubba Purdy. I mean, yeah, Brock, that's yeah. his brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brock, that would be news. Yeah, yeah. that would yeah, be quite awesome. <laughs> but, but Chubba, because yeah. he'd been injured, been banged yeah. up, nicked up. And he played really well. And the, the kid has a rifle arm. My Oh, my goodness. gosh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, Logan played well. Um, he, you know, he his passing numbers aren't there, but he's not a passer. He's more of a runner. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the way I would see that, I, just, I suppose it's way too early to, to tell, but I would have to figure that Logan is going to fit into the mix as far as one, two, and three. It, it might be. It might be that um, 
you know, that Casey is the, is the starter and, and maybe Purdy is his backup or maybe it's Logan or yeah. Heinrich Harburg had a, had a good afternoon. He had a, mm-hmm. he had a threw for a touchdown. And I was like that kid. He's a, I think he's a great player or going to be a great player. Yeah. Yeah. But, from Carnegie but, Catholic, right? Yeah. But yeah. With the, the thing that really surprised me the most we've heard all through this spring practice is that the quarterbacks are going to be taking snaps under center. I don't think I saw one miss unless I missed that. I don't, I don't recall seeing one snap under sender. It was always out of the shotgun for all the quarterbacks. That's true. I don't, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't remember hearing that. Is that, uh, I mean, maybe I, I probably just wasn't looking for it, but um, yeah, that's what yeah, Mark Ripple had been talking. That's his offense is going to be run out of, you know, they'll still do shotgun, but. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about having he's we want to get these quarterbacks prepared for the NFL. And he says, You're uh-huh. not gonna prepare for them um uh you know out of the shotgun. You gotta get under center. So and I didn't expect we would see every play that like that, but we didn't see yeah. any. Yeah, I, no. I, I thought maybe I missed something or but I you know, I almost have to go back and look at the at the game again. Yeah, no, I th- I don't remember that either. I, I mean, I feel like it was mostly shotgun with motion yep. stuff, but I don't know if that's just that they haven't had time to work on that enough so that they're just going to show shotgun or that they or that they're playing their vanilla offense. So they're not going to do what they've been working on the entire spring right. practice sure. in order to not show what it's like. But I honestly think Casey Thompson's better out of the gun. Um, then, then he would be under center because it gives him the mobility because Casey's, he can run. He's not, he's not, he's not the same kind of runner as Adrian, but he's still, he can still run. Um, And so, I mean, so can Chuba too. I did not think um, they were, at one point they mixed up. I mean, because the jerseys are the same for quarterbacks and Chuba's number six and Logan's number eight. Um, At at one point they said, uh, they were like, oh, and that's, Chubba Smith, Chubba Smith takes it for a run, or sorry, not Smith. Uh, Purdy takes it. Takes it. <laughs> I can't even keep it straight in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> Take, took it for a run, and and they're like, oh wait, that's Logan Smothers, um, and they're like, oh yeah, I didn't think so because Chubba's not that fast, and then Chubba gets the ball, uh, maybe two possessions later, and he runs and he just like blew by two guys. Yeah. So I don't know what they count as fast. Maybe it's because we've been used to Adrian and Logan, but our quarterbacks can run and that is exciting to me because it opens up. I mean, with Adrian, he would run. uh, He, he, he was able to run, but he wouldn't hold onto the ball super well when he was running. So it was always a, a, it was always a concern. Um, He would have like the, uh, I forget if it was against Buffalo or somewhere early in the season, he had like a 75 yard touchdown run, um, which was like, that's, nice to have that you have that but i think these guys can do it but they can also throw a lot better than adrian can yeah um i think chubba is honestly the most complete one of these quarterbacks i think casey has the most potential though so i get why they would be going with him and that's what it seems like to me that they would be going with casey um for the starting job at least watching this spring game um and uh yeah, so I, I I don't have anything else to say about quarterbacks, Grandpa. If, if you have anything, yeah, else the only thing I would add is that I was I liked the performance by all the quarterbacks. I mean, uh, yeah. Heinrich threw had a pick. Uh, he had a, a fumble, I think, on another drive by another quarterback. But yeah, you see, I think what we see is the the effects of of a Mark Whipple on on the quarterbacks. They all 
are, I believe, being coached up by Whipple. And there's a mm-hmm. there's a common thread that they looked, I guess what I'm trying to say, I think they looked more polished, you know, for the whole crew. Uh, yeah. yeah, there were there were some mistakes in there, but I think by and large, they I was impressed with that. I, I don't I can't imagine yeah. that all those quarterbacks are going to stay come this fall. I you're going to lose some bodies there who will say, Hey, yeah. I can I can play. Only I'm not going to get a chance here. So yeah, yeah, because that quarterback room is loaded. Like I honestly, I think it either Logan or Chuba is going to like be forced into leaving. I think I don't know if they want to. Um, I'm surprised Logan Smothers hasn't left yet, uh, yeah. honestly, because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like he's – I think he knows he's already lost out on the starting job to Casey Thompson. And then Chubba Purdy looks better than Logan Smothers, in my opinion, passing-wise, and they can both run. So mm-hmm. I think Chubba's going to be the backup, but I don't know if Chubba's going to want that position, and maybe that's why Logan's staying around, so he's just going to work and then try to push Chubba out the door so he can get that backup spot and then in a few years uh, take over for the starter – but I, I don't know. I think like Harburg um, is he's only a freshman, so he'll be battling out with Logan Smothers in a few years. I don't think he has anything to worry about. Um, I don't know what do you know what uh, year Matt Masker is? Is he a junior? I think, uh, I think he's a junior. I think he has yeah. another year of eligibility. I can check on that. But he looked good. Yeah. He, he did look good. I, looked good. He's another kid from Kearney. Cat. Two kids yep. playing in a game from the same small high school Carney, yeah Carney, Nebraska. Yeah. that's amazing uh-huh uh, and then um uh, and then the the other thing the other uh of course logan is from alabama and there was another quarterback who's a walk-on who played yesterday um uh what's his name uh, oh jared sink or whatever yeah, yeah, i, yeah. I forgot how to pronounce his last name but yeah, yeah. yeah. uh he's, a he's from alabama oh cool and, yeah how, how weird is that I, I that's weird <laughs> Yeah, which is really uh, good at recruiting from the same high school in the same state, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, I, I I was, I guess that if there was a surprise there. I surprised at how well all the quarterbacks generally played. Not they weren't perfect, obviously. But yeah, they, yeah, they played well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I agree with you, but I, I think that I probably Matt Masker is going to be the one to leave first of anyone, because he's a junior and there's no way he's breaking the top three yeah. with that quarterback room right now. So I actually, I mean, I'm not his, I they don't really have agents really, but if they did like, or his coaches, if I'm coaching Nebraska, I would probably both say like, Hey Matt, like, I know you're a junior. We want you to have like a good career, have a shot at the NFL. If that's what you want. Maybe he's happy there. I have no clue, yeah. but um he's I don't know anyone that would be happy being fourth string in a quarterback room that you wouldn't really ever get to play that is going to play college football um, at a school like Nebraska so I I don't know but I think if he probably uh, should move on in my opinion Um, not not because I don't like Matt I don't think he's good Uh, I thought he played pretty well in the spring game uh, for the limited minutes he got he didn't get that much time but um that, I mean, none of these guys did because they're running the ball a lot more um, because they don't want to get their quarterbacks hurt. So the, I think, I think as soon as will probably leave uh, either early into this year or end of this year, I think they like end of this year is a little bit late because you waste all season, but it's kind of late for transfer portal stuff to be able to start somewhere, except if you go to like an FCS college or a Juco, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Anything else you want to say about quarterbacks, grandpa? No, um, uh, just it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I agree with you. They're not 
that quarterback room is not going to be the same come August uh, 27th, I believe. And we'll just yeah. have to see. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. what else uh, you want to talk about running backs? Yeah, we can talk about running backs. I think one running back specifically we should talk about. Well, one, uh, Jaquez Yant <laughs> seemed to get injured in the game. I didn't see anything that he was like, it was serious or anything. I mean, honestly, if you get dinged up at all in that game, they're just going to pull you out for the rest of the game because they don't want to get anyone injured. But um, he came off limping uh, from one play. So I hope he's okay. Uh, he looked pretty I good. That, I think that was Marquis Step. Step no, it was wasn't. In, I think it was Jacques Yant. Because I know Step got injured. See, we really rehearsed this podcast, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, maybe I was wrong, huh? Um, I, I haven't heard, but maybe you you might be right on that. I know Marquis Step uh, Step came out uh, limping, and he he threw his helmet down. He threw it down in the turf. Oh, he was just mad. Yeah. Okay. Then that yes, that we're thinking of the same person. That was okay. Marquis Step. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can talk about yeah anyway. But Step played uh, pretty well. I think he uh, only two carries uh, yeah. before getting tweaked up and get pulled from the game from that, obviously. So, um, but Jacquez Yant looks kind of like he's kind of turning into our. He's like our power back. He's like a Amani Cross a few years ago, yeah. where we would have the Amir Abdullah get us inside the twenty. Amani Cross will get us across the goal line. Yeah. Um. So. I hope that that combo of uh, Jaquez Yant, Marquis Step, and Anthony Grant looked really, really good. Um, I think for for Nebraska, I think that Anthony Grant should be our starting running back. I don't know if that is um, an unpopular opinion, but I, I mean, I, I just like watching him yesterday. His speed and his ability to find holes in our offensive yeah. line, which is not great at holding holes for that long. He can hit the holes fast, and he can and he's patient and waiting to wait up. Or to, to open up, sorry. Um, he he kind of reminds me of uh, like a Christian McCaffrey kind of. He doesn't have the same uh, like jukes or anything like that that McCaffrey did, but the patience, uh, or more like a Le'Veon Bell, I guess, at Michigan State. Um, he has the patience to wait for the hole to open and then hit the hole as soon as it opens for the split second it's going to be there because we can talk about this a little bit later, but we're going to talk about some things we're disappointed with, and I think one of them is the offensive line. Um, with uh, Donovan Raiola's coaching, it hasn't seemed to get a lot better. They were getting blown by. There were maybe three times that our defensive line um, physically pushed the offensive lineman back and the offensive lineman fell over leading to a sack. So that's something that is not going to work. I mean, it's a spring practice and again, against your own team, I get that you're going to try to compete. We can talk about Garrett Nelson uh, in a little bit as well, but yeah. What, what were your thoughts on the running? Well, you, you have two uh, tackles out of the game to your starters, Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prohaska. Yeah. So that would have made, I believe a big difference in the offensive line, but um, yeah, I hope at, so. times, at, at times uh, the offensive line, you know, they opened up some holes. You don't know. The, the level of the competition that they're, that they're going up against, you know, you had some running backs look good late in the fourth quarter. Well, I don't, I don't know who all the, the defenders were on uh, you know, late in the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, off, you know, give me a great offensive line and a great defensive line and man, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, it, and I think part of the reason why I'm leaning toward um, Anthony Grant to be the uh, to, to why I think he should start is because he was the only 
uh, he was the only he scored the only touchdown in the first half yep. uh, with the touch, which is so much harder. Um, and he just right. ran away from everyone. Right. So I'm thinking if you put him in a tackle situation, you want him to break some tackles or um, cut in, in between the offensive line and not have to worry about just getting tagged by a defensive lineman to uh, like to have the play be dead and you let him go. I mean, I think you're going to be seeing these 60 plus yard TD runs from him a lot this year. I don't know if he has the stamina to start at running back. Um, I don't know if he has the, like, he, he hasn't been in Lincoln long enough in my opinion, maybe to, like have the the um, recognition that uh, Yant or Step does uh, or do sorry, um, but I think he could definitely be a huge impact player, get his chunk yards that maybe Casey Thompson's not going to be able to because he doesn't have that the same running ability as Martinez. But we've been missing a home run hitter at running back for a little bit ever since Amir Abdullah left um, left the program. So I. That that's that's my opinion. I don't know if you agree with me on that, Grandpa. But yeah, I uh, if I had to pick like the offensive player of the game again, based you, you know, you get uh, yeah, Casey is in there for two series and he's three for four for thirty one yards. Eh. But I, I I would have to say based on you have limited opportunity. He made the most of it when he was in there and he scored a sixty yard touchdown run, as you said. I I would vote him as the offensive player of the game that yes yeah. that's, that's kind of what i think of anthony grant mm-hmm. uh, so um yeah it's uh the the, the uh, you know gabe urban didn't didn't even suit up he was the starter last year yeah um, and and then uh, uh the uh ramir johnson played some again they don't need to know about ramir they already know what they have with him yeah, uh-huh. he's, a, he's a good running back. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it was it was good to see uh, Anthony Grant at least you know make the most of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I I think that th- this is I mean it's kind of basically like a tryout as well as you said because they right. already know they they're playing the guys they're playing the second and third string guys to see who's going to step up who's going to want it more even though it's just a practice. Who's going to want it more when it comes to a game situation, um, especially in that second half, who's going to run through tackles, who's going to um, contest catches, um, who, who's going to like be pulling out all the stops on defense. And like, I mean, as we, we've seen with Garrett Nelson, we can, maybe we can start talking about him a little bit in the D line um, just kind of blow by everyone yeah. um, and do just play football and, kind of, I mean, either bull rush and just absolutely power through some of these guys, uh, which we've seen, we saw that with Garrett Nelson a little bit. And um, I mean, it's, it, so I think Anthony Grant kind of won that in my opinion. And I think what you, what you were saying exactly right. I would, I would totally go with you with the, uh, he's probably the, he probably had the biggest impact for um, the, the offense in this game, but um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about running backs or do you want to move on to the defensive side of the ball? Uh, yeah, I would go into the defense. I was going to talk about O'Shawn Mathis, who is uh, he's oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, TCU. Uh, he's kind of they switched to a different defense, and they wanted him to ball. He's six five, two twenty, so kind of a outside linebacker. I mean, he's perfect size for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted him to put on another twenty pounds and play in the interior, and he didn't want to do that. 
and he has uh, some eligibility left. And uh, 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 the uh, running backs coach for Nebraska, Applewhite, he's from. He was a running backs coach at TCU, so they think they might have the inside track on O'Shawn to come to Nebraska. And that would be maybe the missing piece that we have on the defensive line, if he can stay healthy and so on. Yeah. So I, uh-huh. I'm, I'm jacked up about that. Uh, but I agree with you about, but uh, uh, on the defense, Garrett Nelson, Ty Robinson uh, played well. Uh, yep. Minus Casey Rogers. They need to have him in there. It's, yeah. it's almost like all these kids who didn't play yesterday, you, you could have the nucleus of a, of a fairly good football team, you know? I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so we need to get these guys uh, healed up and, uh, and I think, yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. Well, no, I think, I think they will be fine. I think it's just, I mean, as we've been saying glorified scrimmage, so you're not going to put, even if they're slightly injured, you're not going to play them in this game uh, unless, I mean, actually really, I don't think there is a, unless because the, you're not going to want to get a player injured. There's bunches of practices up until the right. season. So yeah. you can see whatever the heck you want from now until August, which is an entire summer. So, um, yeah, but on the defensive side of the ball, I think Garrett Nelson played really well. Really well. I totally agree with you. Uh, Noah Pola Gates, it was nice to see him because uh, I remember him being hyped up as a recruit yeah. two years ago. Um, I didn't. He didn't really get to play a lot last year. Uh, which I get, he did play some and it wasn't that much of an impact, but he played really, really well. I think in this game uh, as a linebacker, he's good at defending passes as well as um, all he can. He also has speed. So if we need him to rush, uh, I, I think he's totally going to be up to that. And I can see him getting a few sacks this year. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, uh, Jamari Butler played really well, I think, for the uh, at linebacker as well. Or no, sorry, not linebacker. He plays uh, cornerback. I'm, am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought he looked um, pretty pretty good contesting catches. The the defensive backs have always been a strength at Nebraska, and that watching them contest the catches against these wide receivers today, or sorry, yesterday, what just that kind of like we're never going to, we're not going to really get torched um, from receivers in the big 10. I don't think um, there might be some, maybe Ohio state is the, with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo might be the only thing, but I think you find someone to lock him down and our other defensive backs are no slouches either. So the, the average talent among this, uh, the, the linebacking core and the uh, defensive backs, even all the way down to the second string um, for both are, it, the the average talent there is um, better than I think most teams uh, in the Big Ten in college football, uh, maybe outside of the Alabamas, Georgias, those kind of perennial powers, and um, definitely better than last year's, uh, I, I think. But um, yeah, what what were your thoughts on the uh, defense and defensive backs, linebackers, Grandpa? Yeah, I, I think that uh, that's the, the secondary is a strength. And, yeah, we lost Cam Taylor-Britt, and you hate to see him go. hate to see JoJo go, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, yeah. The Swiss Army Knife player. He's, yeah. <laughs> I love the way he his attitude, uh, the uh, the passion that he brought every game, and he really blossomed in his, uh, in his senior year. Um, and you, you're probably not going to really replace him, but you can – 
put some other guys in his spot and hope that they can do as well. Um, the punting game uh, yesterday yes. was kind of great and bad. They were yeah. so bad. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what it was, uh, but, uh, and then we miss a, a field goal and an extra point, which is, you know, it's yeah. like, here we go again. But, but mm-hmm. Bleak Road uh, is not coming until this summer. He's the place kicker from Fordham. Yeah. And, or Furman, excuse me. Furman, yes. Um, uh, and, you know, let's hope and pray that uh, he's the every bit the place kicker that uh, we need to have. Yeah, because Chase Contreras, is that how you pronounce it? I don't I forget how they pronounced it yesterday, but whoever was kicking yesterday, um, I mean, it's I get it was kind of windy for the game, but again, yeah. you're you're going to be playing outdoors in every single stadium in the Big Ten until you get to the Big Ten title game. So there's nothing. I mean, you can't really do anything about weather. And missing an extra point in college is yeah. one of the hardest things you can do as a kicker. Um, that like, or I guess is one of it, not hardest. I guess it's the hardest thing to do is to miss an extra point because if it's not the NFL extra point where it's pushed back to 33 yards. Right. It's just, it's like 20 yards. I'm pretty sure I could kick an extra point if you put me in there. So missing that. <laughs> and he missed it by a lot too. It was not, yeah. like, it wasn't like it was close. He absolutely hooked it um, to the, uh, I believe it's to the left, but he's just, like that is just like seeing the punting where the first punt for uh, Brian Buscini uh, from the Montana transfer. Yeah. Um, that like I, I wrote, I literally wrote in my notes, new, the new punters crazy because it was like a 60 something yard yeah, punt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from our 20 to uh, the, or I guess it's all, everything is our 20 uh, because it's the same team, but um, from where he was punting, all the way across the field to the end zone. So, I mean that, but then he also had two of them that he shanked. So I'm yeah. with you, grandpa, where I, it may, maybe it's a consistency thing or that he's for some reason, he just had an off day. I hope that that's the case and that he gets that fixed because the bunts that were good were really, really yeah. good. And the yeah, punts yeah. that were bad were really bad. So <laughs> I'd like to see some consistency. Um, at least he punted the correct way. Um, and not do the uh, Michigan State thing from last year where you punt yeah. to the opposite where your yeah. punt coverage is coming from. So, yeah, that's that's a plus. And I think he'll, it, it'll definitely be better punting um, than than last year. So I, I, special teams is definitely on the way up, um, hoping, hoping that uh, Timmy Bleakroad gets in there and uh, is everything we think he can be. So, Well, and, uh, you know, the other thing that, that uh, we might want to talk about is the recruiting uh, the recruits that were in yesterday for the for the spring game, um, you know, we talked about O'Shawn Mathis. That's that's if they could get him, that spring game might be worth everything. And then Dylan Raiola, who's quarterback out of Texas, his dad is Dominic, who was a great li- uh, offensive lineman for Nebraska, and obviously he's the nephew of, of Donovan uh, Raiola, who was the uh, offensive line coach. So. Dylan was in there. And I don't know about Maverick Noonan. Maverick Noonan is from Elkhorn uh, here in the Omaha area. And he's, mm-hmm. he's going to be a great player. His, his dad, Danny, is, uh, was a, a great player uh, for the Huskers. So if they could get some players like that uh, to, you know, if that, 
if that helps them to put them over the edge, I'm, I'm hoping that that, uh, that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with Dylan Raiola, because that would be amazing. He is a five-star quarterback from Arizona. He's got Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state and Oregon interested in him, which is surprising that Nebraska is still even up there with those guys, because you think that there would be a no brainer that he go to Alabama or Georgia um, at, with Bryce young being out of he's Bryce Young's going to be out of there in two years and uh he might get a chance to start at Georgia next year after Stetson Bennett's gone so yeah but the the spring game is kind of at a glorified scrimmage and also like a showcase of what Nebraska football is and I think that Nebraska is really blessed that you have 55,000 people there yep. because I say I mean if you go to any other spring game you're not going to get that many people like it looked like it was a full game stadium was like and people started leaving towards the end that's natural because you're putting in the backups and stuff but like you have 55,000 people there and then also people watching on TV too and you probably on all the other spring games like I was talking to uh, my friend who's an Alabama fan and she was like oh I didn't even know a spring game was a thing and <laughs> that is an that is like during the spring that's all we're building up to for Nebraska football um I was bummed I didn't get to go because we had a rifle shooting lesson uh, or something but um hopefully next year uh, or i'll try to go to some games this year um because i'd love to go to the nebraska oklahoma game because that's in lincoln this year but we can talk about that later we have a whole summer to figure that out so anyway but i think from a recruiting standpoint as you're saying it's a huge huge draw for nebraska recruits and it can be a a big uh swing versus another coach because i mean you can get players to like uh, I was reading Tim Tebow's book a while ago about he was talking about going to all these schools and watching the regular season games at these schools and then being like, oh, and when he came to Florida, it was like, oh, this is amazing crowd and all this stuff. Uh, and I, you don't get that at any other spring game except Nebraska. You don't get it to feel like a actual game atmosphere at Nebraska. I mean, and if 55,000 people is a lot for a spring game, when that stadium's full, like if you just think about, I don't know if those recruits really think about that that much, but like having that much noise for 55,000 people, multiply that by um, maybe add that, maybe add half of 55,000. So like may add like 25,000 more people um, and then that much noise when you're actually competing. That's just something that like for competitive players that want to play good schools against good competition in the big 10, uh, there's really nothing you can do to beat that. Well, I think the NIL is uh, it picks up on just what you're talking about, that the fan support is so great here that uh, it's hard to imagine or believe that, that uh, Nebraska as small as this state is. And, you know, we have less than, Two million people in the whole state, but but there there's no other competition, and uh, and I think that's going to translate into some really great uh, earning op opportunities for these uh, players, not only football, yeah. but through the through the ranks of sports at Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and I I mean, and I I think that the the spring game helps with that every single year. It's not just specific to this year, but it's going to start mattering more and more as as we get to uh as because you kind of have to build something it feels like something it feels like something big is coming this year for nebraska we should probably start wrapping this podcast up so we can talk about how this is going to translate to the regular season but it feels like 
this year is finally going to be the year that something that some switch is flipped that it that there's some turnaround at Nebraska and we finally start winning and we get to bowl games and at some point we're getting into national championship game maybe not maybe that's too high of an expectation but I think Nebraska's ceiling this year is a New Year's Six Bowl I think that that might be a little bit too far and that might I'm just saying that if they're playing the the way that their schedule is where during the middle of the season they're playing teams that are not that good you're playing the Indiana's Purdue's Minnesota's in Illinois uh Illinois is more towards the beginning of the year I think but um you're playing those you have Wisconsin and Iowa at the end of the year to prove yourself and it's kind of like a check going into bowl season or potentially the Big Ten championship game I don't know that I think that the, this Nebraska team, if they're if they're clicking on all cylinders, the defense is playing well. The offensive line figures stuff out, um, and as you said, that uh, Turner Corcoran and Teddy uh, Prohaska uh, didn't suit up um, for the spring game. But I think you get them in there. You get this offensive line clicking. You get the defensive line clicking, which it already looks like that. And I, I mean, I'm not. There's not a single team on Nebraska's schedule that they cannot compete with or beat. I think that Nebraska has a better chance of beating Oklahoma this year than they did last year. And they almost beat Oklahoma last year. I think that Nebraska has a better chance of beating Ohio state than they did last year. They almost beat Ohio state last year. So, I mean, if you're not going to, if you're not going to drop the meaningless game and not the meaningless games, the mediocre competition uh, like the Purdue's and Indiana's and Illinois and it, and uh, Northwesterns, you're not going to drop those games. There's, I'm not seeing anywhere else where Nebraska's tripping up on themselves because of internal issues, like we saw last year with three and nine, where it's just one possession, one possession games for every single loss. I think we're finally going to beat Iowa. We're finally going to beat Wisconsin. We're going to play Ohio State really, really close. Um, I think we can beat Ohio State because Ohio State's defense is down. We can talk about that later, but um, I think Nebraska finally beats Oklahoma. And I mean, I'm not, if, if they lose one of those three or four, there's only four games I'm seeing that Nebraska is going to have a problem with. And that's Oklahoma, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I don't see them having problems with any of these other teams like they were last year. You win two of those four games and you are in the running for a Big Ten West title. So I I don't know if you agree with me, Grandpa. I don't know if that's just me getting way too excited about it. But Well, you know, right now uh, we're, we're undefeated and we're unscored upon. And, you know, so it's in the springtime, you just you might as well dream and dream big. And that's that's good. I would, I would never – the only thing I would say, I, I think you're spot on about Oklahoma. I think that's going to be the real big test. You beat in Oklahoma and – and don't buy the fact that uh, this isn't going to be a good Oklahoma team. Brent Venables is a great coach. Yeah. Taking over that uh, he'll, they will be ready to play. And, uh, but it's going to be rocking. Um, th- th- those are the games that uh, are the, the electricity that, that is in that stadium. Uh, you, people say, well, I'll just stay home and watch it on my flat screen. And, and, and I get all that. It's, it's a lot easier, but there is a, there is a, a magnetism. There is an electricity, if you will, 
in that stadium. When, when, when you're playing in Oklahoma or Michigan or on Ohio State, you know, in Iowa, a big game, uh, it, is, it is a thunderous place. It's, it's great. But I, I would just hold off. I think the middle of October we'll know exactly uh, uh, what kind of football. If we've squeaked through Northwestern and, and don't look good against uh, Georgia Southern and North Dakota, you know, and I don't see that happening. But uh, if you go into the Oklahoma game 3-0 and and you, you, enter the, you exit that game 4-0, and you know, and one of them is is a is a, a win against a very reputable, uh, strong program. Then then the people have to start looking at you a little bit differently. And I think that yep. the coaches, this is going to be a pressure year uh, because you know if you don't, it, it's just win, baby, as Al Davis used to say. Uh, just yep. win, baby. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't I don't have anything else. Spring game. I don't either. Um, so yeah, let's, let's wrap this up. Thank you guys again for listening. And, um, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is your guys's podcast, not ours. So we can't do this without you guys listening. So we appreciate you very much. And, um, yeah, uh, we'll be, we'll be back next week. I don't know if we'll have a guest or not. We've been trying to get Tommy Armstrong as we said, um, and that's proving pretty difficult. So, yeah. And then uh, I'm trying to figure out how we can do a live show of some sort. Cause we love to converse with you guys. Um, over YouTube live or something like that. Uh, I need to talk with grandpa about that, but um, we'll, we're trying to figure some stuff out. And then again, questions uh, you have any for us, send them in to wrswpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, WRSW podcast is all one word, no spaces, no periods in between there. Uh, and then also if, uh, tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, we've been seeing that uh, all over with uh as we said, uh, I think it was a hundred and 121 downloads on the last episode. So thank you guys so much for, for that. That means a lot. We've never had an episode break on. We've got close, but, um, having that many downloads for that episode, uh, we, we, we thank Mike for that. That's part of that is him being an awesome guest. And then a big part of that is you guys also listening to that. So thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. I can't think of anything else. I have to say anything else you want to say before we go, Grandpa? Nope. nope. All Thanks right. for listening and go Big Red. All right. Go Big Red. And we will talk to you next week.